Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Hi, and welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Sarah McDonald. Um, we're back with our special guest, Rhonda Kimmel, MSLPC. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Sarah. All right, we're coming back to um, our title which is Acts of Desperation, Lessons from Lot, Part 2. Our verse of the day is from Psalm 127.3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Before we get started, please like, share, and subscribe at FromBeardOfTheBible.com. All right, Rhonda, let's get going with Part 2 of Lessons from Lot. Okay, so we left Lot off in this cave and... That's where his daughter's, his eldest daughter really got concerned about her future. We still see so many anxiety disorders today. I'm, I'm so worried about what I'm going to be, who I'm going to be, what am I going to do, what am I going to Well, God has our future in his hands. And if we can just focus on being in the here and now, mm-hmm. many of the troubles that we face today, tomorrow, wouldn't even be there if we just took a pause. Yeah. I, 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 when you said that, it took me back to being 26 years old, having got my degree, checking off every single box, not knowing what to do next, just broke up with a boyfriend, um, didn't know where my life was going to go next, thought I needed to be married, like, the whole plan, the life plan was on pause and I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I started drinking and that started bringing me joy until it did not bring me joy. Um, and then my alcoholism just, just went off the rails, you know, really fast, but it's because I, you know, I wasn't listening to the message, the messages the Lord was giving me, you know, I wasn't waiting. I was wanting, wanting, wanting the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it wasn't coming in my time. And I don't know what made me first start, you know, picking up the bottle, but I just knew that that was the solution at the time. And then one day I woke up and I couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting how it worked? And these gals also had alcohol involvement. Yeah. The older sister, let's get dad drunk and have sex with him because there's no men around. Now, I, I, I want to offer solutions. We see this acts of desperation, right? Oh, let's get dad drunk and have sex with him. Uh, let me offer up my virgin daughters. Ooh, let me turn around and look at the city that God told me, don't look back because you'll be destroyed. And the mother was. So there, you see all these acts of desperation. You you, you can see it in uh, Abraham and Sarah and they give the give her husband to the other woman. Yep. Hello, ladies. Hello. Yep. Don't do it. <laughs> Bitterness and resentment is going to be the result of that. I love when we study the Bible that all the stories... Um, are stories we can really empathize with today. Oh, absolutely. Sin is sin. Yeah. Throughout the testing of time, sin is sin. You can call it what you want. You can call it trauma, you, but sin is sin. Yeah. And there's a way to deal with sin. 
right? And those that are in Christ, you just have to work it. It's it's just like the recovery program. It works if you work it, yeah. right? If you work your faith, if you are praying, there's spiritual disciplines. And if you're using them every day, instead of trying to be God, mm-hmm. but appealing to him and waiting on him. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. But you get in this place where you're so desperate. I have to have all the answers. I will tell you something. Most people that go and get their bachelor's degree, they do not even work in the field that they studied. Yep. They do not because no one knows at that age what they're supposed to do. But where's your parents telling it? With my kids, I told them, what do you mean? You can't be, wait to see what God has for you. And there's been some good things and some bad things. But you know what? This is life. Yep. This is life. And there are many disappointing moments in life. And parents, we got to be teaching our kids how to endure disappointment. Yeah. You know, everything in this life is temporary. I want to get up from here. We're going to be done. We're going to go on with life. It's behind us. Yep. Whatever happens here, nothing can be changed. Yeah. Except maybe through editing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and really we do want to edit yeah. what's going to be presented. Right. So we know what our past was. We do want to edit. Yep. We want to take out these parts that we can see so plainly. This is a story, a, 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 an ancient story from scripture that about Lot that today it is true. You can put yourself in any one of these parts. You can put your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your sister, your brother. You can put them and just change the name. It's a promise from God. Nothing is new. And so if you just take that pause, if you just sit, get quiet and reflect, this is what the passage is good for. Reflect on what the Lord has done for you before, how he brought you out of trouble, how he was faithful to you, right? How all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're, you're laying in the street, you're just got nothing, but he picks you up, yep. he turns you around, he sets your feet on solid ground. I mean, really, that's what the past is good for. Remember all the good he's done, because now you were crying over that boyfriend, get hooked on alcohol over a boyfriend, and guess what? You got a wonderful husband, beautiful children, yep. and he's nothing to you now, yep. right? So all these people that we attach to, in an unhealthy way, which is why I'm pointing out early childhood attachment. Look for the patterns. Yeah. Look for the pen. Was that guy kind of like your dad? You know, was was that lady like your mom? Was that boss that that fired you? That she was like your mom, and and you're bringing your personal life to work, or not you personally? Yeah. yeah. I'm giving an example. Um. So we want to look at these patterns in our life, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. But mostly what I'm finding is men and women today, they still want their mommy and daddy. Dr. Laura talks about it all the time. I love but, Dr. Laura. Oh, I love Dr. She's my mentor. Oh, my, my dad goodness. used to listen to her when I was growing up. And to this day, I'm like, I love Dr. Laura. She helped me. Is it, She really does. She's real. She's no nonsense. Yes. She's no nonsense. Bottom line, you always have a, a choice. There's a, a famous uh, therapist, psychiatrist, um, Adler. He was like that too. It's just, you know why you're unhappy? Because you choose to be unhappy. Yeah. Right? I, I have this list of uh, 40 strategies to stay miserable. I forget the doctor's name who wrote it. And I give it to my clients and they just roll their eyes at me. It's ridiculous, Rhonda. And it's ridiculous that that's what you're doing. Yeah. Stay miserable when you have a choice. And that is the free will that God talked about. That You have a choice. You always have a choice. Even if you were uh, abused as a child, even if it was your dad or your mom, and you were made to feel like you didn't have a choice, raped as a teenager, and you were made to feel like you didn't have a choice because somebody, you know, overtook you. 
you do have a choice. Mm -hmm. You do have a choice. And that is, as an adult, you have to learn that you have these choice, these choices. You have to, um, again, another scripture. When I was a child, I thought and acted like a child. Now that I'm grown, I have to put away my childish ways. It's not an excuse. Yes, this happened to me in my past, mm -hmm. but only God can bring something good out of it. For example, you know, I don't get on this side of the couch because my life was paradise. Talk about that a little bit more. You're on this side of the couch now as a licensed professional counselor. There's so many viewers and so many people who just do church and they're still not happy. Why do you think that is and why do they need to merge the two together? Well, it's so interesting because I just went uh, to a meeting with the Christian counselors of Texas and we have to, you know, it's so important for people to stay in their lane. All right. So pastors are supposed to correctly divide the word of God. They're supposed to feed the sheep. So if you go into church, you should get a word from the Lord and then meditate on it all week and um, grow Yeah, in faith. You're there to worship God, right? And and to exalt him and then to be in fellowship with other Christians. And, and just to hear me plainly, the church and the Bible are for Christian people. So all this, you know, um, concerts and inviting people in, it's kind of like um, being in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? You're just inviting people, but they're not saved. They're not pursuing the Lord. So you want to be very careful when you pick a church. It should be a Bible-believing church. Yeah. You should be able to use scripture, Bible study, and Holy Spirit power, right? And um, you, you have to know who Jesus is. First, uh, second, third, John tells you how to identify a false prophet, mm -hmm. right? And so conversely, the, the the true prophet would be saying that Jesus is God. He came in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, you know. And so there are tests, right? Your leaders, there's a, there's a test for leaders in the Bible that say, uh, if you're going to be an elder, a leader of the church, a pastor, your children should be in order. Number one, you should be married to one person yeah. for life. And there's a test and I'm not making it up. People yeah. don't like when I say these things, but I'm not making it up. Yeah. So that when you find the church, that's what you're looking for. That's why people aren't growing because they call them, they go to get their ears tickled. Or to check off the box to go to church on Sunday or to like say, you know, my family's going to church instead of, I when I, when I, I've done a talk on growth through study and, it, and in that talk, it really made me research what that means and how studying allows you to grow in your faith. And it's true. And it made me grow even more so, but we need to be, um, he wants us to study. He wants us to continue to to learn about him. And that's how we understand the faith a lot more. Absolutely. And you know, one of the scriptures- And it's a that, practice. It's, it's like absolutely said. a practice. Here's, here, here's what it really is. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yep. And just like you and I, we met one day, then we visited together, then we had a meal together. We went on a trip together and we grow in our relationship. Uh-huh. We bond more as friends. And we learn from each other. And we learn from each other and we support each other. There's so many facets to a relationship. Sure. And that is what the Lord wants you to pursue, a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so you know his voice. Yeah. And you follow him, right? You're not getting your ears tickled, people telling you what you want to hear or, yeah, I, I just can't get over this sitting in the dark. At church. I just can't get over it. I can't read my Bible in the dark. What kind of church turns off the light? But, you know, they make it dark because then everyone looks the same. But bad things happen in the dark, mm -hmm. you know, and, and God is light. There's no dark in heaven. 
Jesus's delight. I yeah. mean, so why aren't we modeling? And you don't know this unless you know your wor- the, the Word of God, unless you know the Holy Bible. One of the I never thought about it until you brought it to my attention. Think about it. Think about it. But it's true. Yeah. Everything that happens to think in the dark your, comes to the light. Think about your uh, anybody that's uh, binge drinking. Is it what are you doing in the dark? Right. What are you committing most of your in the dark? And hopefully nobody sees you scurrying back Absolutely. in your in your home when you know after dark. That's yeah. right. So uh, for me, you, you go and you have this fellowship. You listen when you know the Bible. You can hear things. Right. When people say, oh, that doesn't sound in line with what I know. And so the Bible said, be like the Bereans, go and look it up in the Bible. That's our grid yeah. as Christians, because sometimes, you know, you hear your friends. Well, come on, you can have one drink. Yep. No, you can. You never could. Yep. You can't have even one. Right. Not a cigarette. No, nope. no. Thank you. It's a lie. And so one of my part of my solutions, identify the lies, identify the lies that people tell you. That even your own evil desires, the book, book James talks about your own evil desires. Oh, sure, I can. I'm so strong now. Yeah. And then the Bible tells you that you think you're so strong, at least you fall. You know, don't don't put yourself in that position. Yeah. Lord, I always need you. Right. And and so one of the strongest scriptures is your mistake is you don't know the word of God and you don't know the power of God. So that's my encouragement for people that are, are struggling, that are you know, I see so much self-hatred. I, I go back to the story of Lot and these these gals. And, and so then they they act out on this on this big idea. Let's get dad drunk. Let's have sex with them. They have children that become enemies of God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, God always has a purpose and a plan for us. And somehow, some way, these children, these daughters, were a gift to Lot and his wife and a reward so when you when you study the Bible, you you see who comes out of the Moabites, which is one of the daughters' nation, and you see Ruth. You know it's a beautiful book in the Bible, and uh, uh, Rahab, who was a prostitute, who actually saved messengers. She didn't offer up any, but she saved the messengers by putting out a scarlet um, scarf, and uh, and she told a lie to deter the the Pharaoh and stuff. So God has a plan. And so what we want to do is when you know, and you know, yeah. and you when you hear that impression of the Lord's voice, right? It's an impression. It's not an audible voice. It's, um, you feel it. Yeah. You can feel it in your body. There's a whole lot of uh, science, today, neuroscience, right? Oh, the body keeps score. Oh, you can feel, you know, somatic expressions. Of, I love it. I, I believe in all that stuff. But it's the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but that's the part. They call it the psyche. See, I was at UCLA for a quick stint. Didn't like it. Research Institute, not my not my gig. But we were doing rat experiments at the time. Uh, you know how old that is now. Cruelty to animals. Forget about it. <laughs> but anyway, you learn there's a pleasure zone, right, in the center of your brain. So we hear a lot about the amygdala and stuff. But that's another conversation. But anyway, we do what pleases us. Because then our neurotransmitters are like, yeah, you know, yeah. dopamine, serotonin, like playing a game for 20 hours. Like, really? It looks so boring. But it's doing something in the brain, right? And so we continue to do the things that please us. And it, it develops certain parts of your brain. But but then you destroy other parts of your brain, mm-hmm. like with alcohol and drugs. And so where you can intellectualize things or even converse with, you know, so when when you're constantly putting in chemicals to you're destroying parts of you yep right that would help you 
So we have to uh, understand the lies and learn to say no. I always say exercise your no muscle, yeah. right? It's got to be strong. Everybody's got these rocking body, rocking hard body, but nobody knows how to say no. Yeah. They won't like me. Well, maybe it's a good thing they don't like you. Yeah. How about did you ever think, do you like them? It's something I like to teach people. You don't let people pick you as a friend. You pick your friends. Exactly. You pick your friends. I'm trying friend. to teach my 10-year-old that right well, now. Well, it's a lesson. It's a lesson, <laughs> right? You And you have to keep on them because we see in Lot's story, he hung out with those men all day. He had no idea they wanted to have sex with messengers from God. That was a surprise to him so much so yeah. he felt desperate and offered up his daughters, right? So we see these acts of desperation. They put us against the wall. But if we can just take that pause, just take a breath and then do what we know is right. Do what we know is right. So kids are a gift mm -hmm. to parents. You are supposed to protect them. God doesn't need your protection. It would have been a better choice for Lot to protect his girls and his wife. That's what he's accountable for. Yeah. We are not accountable to protect God. He does not need our help. So we want to identify these uh, lies and this false sense of self, this grandiose, I can handle anything, you know, and, and always submitting to the Lord. If some, if evil's knocking at your door, guess what? You don't have to answer. Yep. You can call the cops too, right? So this is what I like to tell people that come from abuse. You have options. Yeah. You don't have to deal with things on your own and you don't have to deal with spiritual things on your own. And that's what I was saying that, you know, they, the science like to call it psyche and stuff. I would get in arguments with people because they don't like it. It's a spiritual realm. It's where good and evil reside. You know, when you think about God, he has employed so many people. Every time, biologists, you know, everybody trying to figure out DNA, right? We had this uh, COVID vaccine, messenger RNA. A lot of people don't even know what that is, but it is what comes from your DNA and goes out and says, you're going to be a heart, you're going to be eyes. And DNA is God's message, God's formula. Mm -hmm. Everything that has life has DNA and they can't change the genetics. No scientist can change those genetics. God is really what is rock solid. Yeah. Okay. And when we know that, but we get blinded and sure. clouded by these super smart people and all these degrees and all these, well, it's precisely why, one, I gave up my big job in Beverly Hills to stay home and love my husband, cultivate our marriage, have children, raise them. Right. And raise your children, teach them about God when they're young and then they don't forget it when they're older. Yep. Or they, I know I had a very strong relationship with Christ and, and foundation as a child. And though I went off, you know, in my 20s, I, I came right back and to returned it. to him. That's and as problem. soon as I returned to it, he scooped me up in abundance. Yep. And I never forgot that. Never. And I've just kept going, you know. That's right. Because he proved himself to you. And Absolutely. He, and he will. And he will. And then one day you have this great awakening, mm -hmm. right? And joy. All these people want to be happy and uh, are trying to find things to make them happy when they, they have it within them. And they have it right there. Pick up your Bible. It's never going to bring you misery. Exactly. To and read that's God's word. fruit of the spirit is joy. Yeah. We don't even, we can't even stir that up. It's, it's a gift. It manifested in us yep. because the spirit of God is in us. We have this power that 
It's just not even tapped into because no one will sit down and spend 15 minutes a day in the Word of God. You know, they hear me talk. The Bible says that, really? Yeah. Yeah, really. It really does. And everything I say from the Word of God is a gift to every single believer. And back to what you said, it's a practice and anybody can pick up that practice at any time. In early recovery, we we give specific instructions for a reason, not just because, you know, somebody else told us to do it and it worked, right? And it's simple things like pray in the morning, pray at night, call your sponsor, go to a meeting. It's just the same thing for Christians. And and later on, a lot of, of what translates in the AA world, you know, they end up coming to Christ because of that and doing the same thing. There's not a day that goes by that I don't pick up my Bible, pick up my recovery literature, get the word of God and get centered. Because if I don't, I'm having a bad day. And if I really reflect back, did I pray this morning? Did I do the things that I'm supposed to do in the morning? And if I didn't, I can pick that back up in the middle of the day. But that practice allows me to see where my day is and if I'm having a good day and what I've started my day with. Right? right. And and how you are affecting people. See, it's one thing for you to have a bad day, but it's another thing to pour out, you know, venom, venom, <laughs> anger, resentment, bitter toward other people. Yeah. When, when a lot of time, and this is how trauma works in the mind, is, you know, you're triggered by some in your past. Like if you really sit down and examine, what am I, that man treated me like my dad used to treat me, right? And, yeah. I, and I'm mad. And now I'm pouring out anger on me. If we could just, again, take that pause, get into our discipline. Yeah. Meditation. Meditation is so big, right? It's an old practice. Sure. Roll around these ideas in your mind. God is good. And the God more disciplined good. you are, the more you're able to take those punches and those swings and just like kind of shut your mouth and just let it roll off. You know, like Absolutely. if people say things to you, it doesn't have to affect you. Or it's like, if this is making me angry, pause. Like, this is their stuff, not my stuff. You know, they don't know what I know. Pray about it and move on. Yeah. It, or, or how about this? You start praying for them. Oh, help them, Oh, Jesus. yes. That, help that, them, that, that does work. I forget about that. I forget about that. <laughs> help them, Lord. Yeah. Help them. Bring salvation into their life, Lord. Yep. That's the biggest prayer. I mean, we are powerful in our sure. prayers. Sure. We are powerful in our prayers. We don't ever have to lose our temper. And listen, you know, I'm I'm a Latin person. I got a hot temper, a passionate personality. And I like it. And God made me this way. And But I have to use it for his glory. Sure. And the times I don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, one thing we talked about on the bus on the way back from Tennessee, um, women and Adam and Eve. What was that message that you gave me? Well, that was, and, they, and that's another solution, ladies. <laughs> Okay, there's a hierarchy in the family and it works and you can see the family deteriorating today. And so what we were talking about is, you know, God gave the command to Adam, don't eat from that tree. And so Eve was persuaded by the serpent to take a bite and then she offered it to her husband because we do have such great influence mm-hmm. over our husbands, right? Um, and so he took the bite and then he was accountable to God. So even in this instance, the husband Lot said, let's go. And the wife went. She started to go. But then she looked back. Yep. And she lost her life. Right? So in our marriages, we have to remember our important position. Women are always fighting. And it's part of the curse. Right? Uh, you'll always want your husband's position. 
And now it's just not even your husband. Women just want to take over men. Men want to be women put on a wig and everything. You know, I, I don't know, but it just gets worse, right? Yep. But if we can remember that it is a privilege to have a husband and to help him. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we are, I learned this at BSF with an old leader, we are the neck that moves the head, okay? We're not in competition. We're to work in unison uh-huh. to make decisions in our home, to uh, offer to your husband, you know, here are my ideas, but you get to make the final decision. Instead, we have all this fighting and in, in, in just for position Yeah. instead of hold it. I'm the why I'm getting out of the way because this is between him and God. Yeah. And God usually takes care of that. And he does. If you get out of the way. If you get out of the way. And then you're out of the way. You're, you know, your husband is your covering. You just step back and let him deal with God. Yeah. You know, I hear Christian women say all the, my husband's not the spiritual leader. He's not the spiritual leader of the family. Are you, allowing are you letting you? <laughs> right? It's easier for, for them to just say, oh, she can take care of it. You know? It's easier to defer because they've learned that. Yes. They don't want to hear your wrath. Right? Uh, somebody said to me, uh, they, they asked her husband, Would you, what do you want for your birthday? And he says, this is what I want for my birthday. And she didn't give him what he wanted for his friend. And he just, kept, he's ranting and raving. He just can't, you know. And, but it's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple. They complicate we, things. We, we, we fight mm-hmm. for position instead of giving in a helpful way to yeah. our husband and then treating our children like they're gifts from God. Yeah. Now, that's not like in high school when that boy would act like he was God's gift to women. That's not what I'm talking about. But a precious gift. A precious gift, my engagement ring, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my husband loved me enough, gave me a big old Roxy. Everybody knows I belong to him. Sure. You know, it's a privilege. Yeah. It's in recovery, there's so many things that um, are coming up for me. One, whenever I sent my husband to treatment, um, I did it the opposite way for so long. I tried to get in the way. I tried to manipulate the circumstances. I tried to you know, throw my wrath upon him and it didn't work. It's not until I stepped out of the way and let God move that he began to change. Same things happen with our kids. If we're trying to control their recovery, if we're trying to um, enable them, they're not going to get sober. They're not going to choose treatment because you're doing all the things for them and you're not allowing God to move in their lives. When we step out of the way, God starts to move. And it's so abundantly clear to me, or it was in my situation, when I got out of his way, he began to work. That's right. And I I mean, that's just, that's true to this day. It's an amazing concept. And, and this word, again, in the English language is so powerful. Let. Three letters. So powerful. God can't comfort you unless you let him. Uh-huh. Right? It, I, I mean, bathe in that for a second. Yeah. We and say let go let, and let God in the recovery world. Let go and let and God. And let God. And let him. Let him do what he said. And he tells you, we, you know, he, he goes before you. Listen, he's never surprised by us, right? You, you know, God planted that tree that Jesus hung on. I heard this in a song the other day. I love it. He planted the tree that Jesus hung on. He planted the thorn bush 
that made the thorn a crown. He is never surprised by us, never surprised by how much we fall, our husbands fall, never. Yeah. But he's always there with his grace. Yeah. When we're when we're in him, meeting us with his grace. When we haven't come to him, he's there waiting with mercy. Not giving you what you deserve. Waiting there with salvation to say, I got you covered. Yeah. I died for you. And again, most powerful words I heard in my life. If you were the only person, only person on this whole earth, Christ would have come to die for you. Yeah. To fulfill that law. Right? And so, in the story of Lot, those are my encouragements. When you're in these desperate situations, identify the lies. Remember who you are in Christ. Obey God immediately. Leave the people and the places that are acting against you inviting you back into your sin when you've done so much work, even if it's your family. Remember, you've been adopted into the royal family. Um, you have to remember who you are and whose you are. And uh, remember that believers, that we're not perfect as sin is. Sinners yep. that are saved by grace. That's all, and that's all we should expect. Yep. People are not God. Your father, your mother, they are earthly people. They are not God. He's different. He's higher. His thoughts are different. And so it's important yeah. to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, thinking higher thoughts. Oh, this drink's going to cure something. No, it isn't. Yeah. And you know it. And you know it. Go get your Bible. Go run around the block. Yeah. Go look at the trees. You know, a funny story. I went for a walk in my neighborhood and I'm looking up. It's a beautiful day. And I'm thinking of that scripture. All of nature declares the glory of the Lord. It's so beautiful. And then I start to look down. And I see all this dog poop all over the place. All these neighbors, <laughs> these neighbors, this beautiful neighbor, and they leave all their dog crap around. How discourteous and da da da. And then I get this little insight. You can look up and see my glory, or you can look down and see the dog crap. What are you going to do? I'm looking up. Yep. I love that. And I snap back into my good mood. I love that. A good day. Because if we get caught up looking at people, listening to people, comparing ourselves, seeing what they're not doing, we're getting lost yep. in the minutiae of life. Sure. But we look up. Yeah. Look up to the hills. Run for the hills where our help comes from. And where your identity comes from. I try to keep that at, at the center of my parenting is, you know, whether my child is doing well in academics or doing well in sports, or it doesn't matter because her identity comes from Christ. And if I can teach her that, she's not going to get stuck in these messages of, I have to do this, or I have to do that, or I have to be this, or I have to be that. And that just allows you to breathe, right? It really does. And it, it begs a very important question with these young people that are in Christ. Oh, you're going to go to that party? You know you're taking Jesus with you. Uh-huh. Is that going to be suitable for him, the king of kings? Oh, you're jumping in the sack with so-and-so. You know you're taking God in there with you, right? And all this dysfunctional sex lives in our homes, right? Where's the First Corinthians 13? Love. Bring that into the bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to, when we're in, and I, I know a lot of people don't talk to their young people like that. I do. Some people agree with me. Some people don't. But my children are not surprised uh -huh. by the iniquities in the world. You know, things are, they go to school, they, they see people, and yet they have better judgment because, oh, I think that's what my mom was talking about. Sure. Right. And so that's the legacy we leave. Absolutely. By telling the truth, by not clinging to our sin, right? Confessing our sin. Yeah. Even having your own kids pray with you. 
about your sin. Saying you're sorry. Yes. How about that? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I just lost my mind. Right. And I would get warm my kids out. Now, now, wait a minute. I'm just about to have an ungodly response. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Right. So we can always invite the Lord in. We can use our sense of humor, but we must always identify the trauma, the sin, the triggers, the uh, reactivation, the negative messages, the negative beliefs. And then we need to stop those thoughts. And we do have the power to do it. Absolutely. And we can learn scripture and use that as a substitution for things that we've been told, mm -hmm. lies we've been told, and uh, and that's a healing ball. Yeah. There you have it, guys. Rhonda Kimball, Acts of Desperation, Lessons from Lot. If you like what you've heard today and you want to reach Rhonda for some virtual counseling, you can reach her at... 817-771-2728. And my website is rhondakimballlpc.com. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.